All right, so we usually have a cold open here where we poke a little fun at each other or whatever, um, but given the most recent update about Luke Walton and uh, an, an instant incident that occurred while he was Lakers head coach, uh, Harris and I are just going to hop on here and offer up the disclaimer that this happened literally in the last five minutes of us recording our show. There's nothing that we can add at this time. It would be unwise on on several levels to jump the gun on something like this. So what we're going to do is we're going to throw it to the show as we recorded it. And then as more information comes to uh, becomes public and as the situation continues to evolve, uh, we will keep you updated as as best we can. So there's no easy way to segue into a show after that, but we just didn't want any of you to feel like, you know, we were sweeping something under the rug. And like I said, as more information is made public and as the the situation continues to evolve, uh, we'll either keep you guys updated on on this podcast feed and especially on Silver Screen and Roll as as we see fit and as the story uh, determines. Welcome to The Lake Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan, who may or may not have lice because of a trash hat that he's wearing. And and now it's cool that that hat is trash in two ways, right? It came out of the trash, and it's an actual trash hat. actually went in the trash. I was joking for the bit. Um, Uh What's that that extra piece of paper that's stuck on top of it? What's that? See, people, that's my press card. (laughs) Uh, All right, today's show... Last time Harrison and I spoke, it looked like it was and, – and it it's always technically looked like the Lakers were going to keep Rob Polinka around. And then that was the, the most likely outcome. But we actually have hardline reporting on this at this point. Well, hey, so for those of you that were really upset by the last show, like it appears we may have overreacted. Things aren't as bad as they seem. The Lakers have not officially named Kurt Rambis second in command yet. <laughs> so it just looks like they're going to keep Rob Polinka. But when comparing it to the other option – of it being Polinka and Rambis, this is arguably a positive. All right, so here's my counter to that. According to Magic Johnson, it's kind of sort of still Majinka. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I guess we could, we could start there. So yeah. yesterday, I was just sitting around minding my own business. It was it was Christian's day off on the we've been switching off day on off days on weekends. So like I, I was on on Sunday and uh, he was on on Saturday. And so on Sunday, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh well, it's been a quiet news day. I guess maybe I'll publish my last post. Now let me just check a couple things before I decide <laughs> to like log off for the day. All of a sudden, sure enough, there is Magic Johnson giving an interview to TMZ in which he said that he still talks to the Lakers pretty much every day. I believe a direct quote was. Um, I'm still talking. He said, I'm still talking to them every day. It's almost like I never left. (laughs) All right. Two things, two things. I'm saying three kind of, but two things. One, if, if after you depart from an organization is anything near how things might've been when you were with said organization. I made that joke. (laughs) Yeah, I made that joke like uh, in, in the post. Like he's saying he still talks to them every day. Sounds like he's doing more work now. <laughs> well, that was going to be my second joke. Well, because like if he's comparing anything after he's left an organization, after he's resigned, 
after he left completely unprofessionally, by the way, if anything that he is doing after all of that compares reasonably close to what I he just, was doing when he was still he, there, part magic of that wants, you're just like telling everybody, I just wasn't around, guys. I'm sorry. Part of me wants to believe that this is just him. You know, like these TMZ interviews are always kind of a crapshoot because yeah. the person's kind of ambushed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I empathize with somebody caught in that situation because if you don't say anything, you look like a jerk, even though like they're running up to you with a camera and screaming at you mm-hmm. when you didn't really consent to an interview. Um, and so like he has to answer. He's Magic Johnson. He's got the friendly character to keep up. And he is, you know, by some accounts, pretty gregarious anyway. Yeah. And so – like, I empathize with all of that, but at the same time, to do the whole, like, I'm Magic Johnson, I'm a Laker legend for life, like, act, and you're talking about, like, I'm going to help get the Lakers back right, you can believe that, um, <laughs> and then saying that I've been talking to Jeannie, talking about, I love Jeannie, I've been talking to her almost every day, I'm trying to help, listen, I may not be there physically, but I'm still there. <laughs> what are the chances he just doesn't understand what resignation means? Uh, I would say probably low. He seemed like broken <laughs> I like up how you about answer it. that seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, he seemed broken up about it that night. Um, I don't know. It's just like so. I, I'm kind of I have a conspiracy theory on this that I'm not completely sure is true. But what if it was? Okay. And so Magic Johnson, yes, he resigned. But then you know there was a report over the weekend before he even said this that the Lakers were planning to have him help recruit free agents. We know that that's really all Magic cared about anyway, right. as far as like his job duties went. And so, like, he's still getting to do the one thing that he really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now he gets to tweet as much as he wants. Mm-hmm. He's not getting his $10 million paycheck anymore. But Magic Johnson doesn't really need that $10 million to, for, like, the it's extra nice. headache that comes with, you know, coming into the office once a month. And so, like, he doesn't need that. And so – and now he's free of tampering fines. He's free of people laughing at him when the Lakers make a bad move and whatever. And he just gets to do the thing that he likes. Maybe Magic Johnson is the shadow executive. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's more it, it's more logical like than like thinking Jesse. that the Lakers have figured out a way to tamper and work with another executive and not have that leak out. Yeah, I'm just saying. Magic, now he can tamper as much. You can't stop him. Now he can tamper as much as he wants. It's the world's loudest shadow. Yes. <laughs> like a screaming shadow. Yeah. Magic, shadows don't actually make noise. Well, this one does. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with it. I I don't even think it's necessarily even a conspiracy theory. I think that's what's been going on here. Can we actually can we actually get to the shadow executive stuff? Yeah, okay, we could talk about that seriously if you want. All right. So, I think it says something about. And you're just to be real, real quick before you get into your conspiracy. Like we're referring to the theory espoused by a couple media personalities that there is someone working Coward. for a playoff team. Yeah, it was Coward, mm-hmm. and it was uh, apparently no. Bill Sam Simmons Emick didn't say went exactly down that. that. Arash yeah, Markazi went down that route. Now yeah, Bill Simmons is saying it. Yeah, well, Bill Simmons is saying that it's Bob Myers. Yeah, and so which several other people have speculated about as well. Mm-hmm. And so like there, there's this theory that the Lakers have a playoff GM or executive running their team, like signing off on everything they're doing right now and just can't join them yet, which I would believe if it didn't violate like every single NBA rule regarding <laughs> team conduct and would be like a huge ethical violation. And those guys would like never be trusted again if they were doing that uh-huh. because it's like, because then like you're doing a disservice to your current team. Yes. Like you can say like if say, you're drawing a paycheck, like what if on the way out you traded three draft picks to the Lakers and then left? Right. 
Well, all right. So that that you know what I mean? Like that's extreme, but it's just like it's not operating in good faith. I don't think any self-respecting executive would do it. Let's uh, let's just say that that's that that this rumor is an actual thing, and it makes its way into front offices around the league. Guess what? Every owner is now doing at that point. Every single if you're if you're if you're the owner, they're of the all Toronto banding Raptors. together to say f the Lakers. Well, no, well that too. But I'm saying, I'm saying those teams whose executives might f- meet the the requirements or or the description of shadow executive X, who is would be this incredible hire, right? Uh, Joe Lacob, I would imagine, goes through all of Bob Myers' contact stuff, calls that he made out, emails. Yeah, you that better he hope sends. you better hope Bob Myers was using a, a burner phone. A burner phone. Uh, you got. I would imagine Joe Lacob's going to have his Ann Rand like themed dog sniffing all over that place. <laughs> uh, I would imagine whoever owns the Toronto Raptors is doing the same with Ujiri. I would imagine whoever owns the Spurs and the uh, Thunder are doing the same with Buford and Presti. No, there's no chance the Spurs even believe for a second that Buford is is this candidate. They well, probably laughed with him about it. I would, I would, pro- yes, that, but I probably would probably send him to LOL RC. Is this you? <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Pop is like, <laughs> Pop is just like, hey, buddy, we, we, let's hold off on this next bottle of wine really quick. This wasn't you. It wasn't you. Okay, let's laugh about it during the next bottle of wine that we open up together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, this idea, so I think it says a lot though about fandom, right? That that people were willing to believe a Colin Cowherd quote unquote report above something that you know Ramona Shelburne has has thrown cold water on that uh, Adrian Wojnarowski couldn't get his hands hands on Shams Karania couldn't get his yeah, hands LA on. The Times this kind also of... reported the Lakers were not planning to hire anyone to yeah. take over Magic's role. Yeah, Tanya Ganguly did that after the fact. So you know, I I, I on one hand I get it. I really honestly do. I don't I don't I'm going to I don't want to sound condescending here. I do understand it that like as a fan of something, you want to believe that thing that you're rooting for is is capable of making the right call at all at all times, right? We all want to believe like it 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 bothers people during when remember when uh Winter Soldier was coming out? Was it Winter Soldier? No. Civil War. When when like there was a legitimate argument online about like no, I like Iron Man more. I'm Team Iron Man. No, I like Cap more. I'm more. I'm Team Cap. Right. By the way, if you were Team Iron Man, you were just objectively wrong. But honestly, though, I, I will say about that movie, it did a much better job justifying Iron Man's choices than the comic book did. Where the comic yeah. book basically turned him into like an out and out villain. <laughs> they kind of had to. I mean, you have to in comics. Well, sort of. But you could have. Like, I, I thought Marvel humanized his choice much better yeah. and made it much more understandable in context than the Marvel comics did. Yeah. Uh, still, he was wrong. Yeah. Um, and and I think you know when you're when you're a fan of like the Lakers, if you're a Laker fan right now, you want to believe that the Lakers aren't actually going to go go down this path. And and Jeannie with... Buss warned you about the fake news media. Yeah, that's she true. said. Yeah, she said all those all those biased members of the media were the biggest problem. Yeah, and then Sounds a lot like know. someone else. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I I think that that's kind of where you find yourself is that. Look, you see these you see these headlines and they line up with what you want to believe your team is capable of. You run with them, and then after the fact you say, All right, yeah, I probably shouldn't have believed Colin Cowherd. 
Yeah, but then you don't apologize to us for writing about it at the time, <laughs> writing about the other guys at the time. You're like, oh, well, I don't see you writing up Colin Coward's report. Well, there's a reason usually for it, yeah. right? That we that yeah, we don't hey, run with those kinds of you things. You know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll take an L on this too. Maybe he just like sometimes sometimes reports break from random places. Yeah. And like somebody just happened to talk to the right person the right day or like they just, you know, heard something secondhand that mm-hmm. was like or they overheard something like you never know. This this stuff happens. It comes from unexpected places sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, for example, when Shaq was traded to Miami uh from the Lakers, one of the ways that reporters out there found out about it was because Shaq's like uh I, I don't know if it was his trainer. He didn't have a trainer. Let's <laughs> uh his like I, I think his barber was looking for rent, uh, retail property or real estate property in the Miami area. And that's why that's what got that was the first domino that dropped that people started really researching up on on Shaq going to Miami. Um and and I think in this case, you know, yeah, maybe maybe the Lakers were were finding some way to tamper in ways that would have legitimately been unprecedented yeah maybe colin Cowper gets his haircut at the same place where they filmed the shop and he just heard it like over like secondhand yeah. from like like over there he heard lebron yelling about how it was going to be bob myers maybe maybe uh and 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 look i i would have i if i were just a fan i honestly could have gotten swept up in this i could see myself getting swept up in this and wanting to believe it right but yeah. unfortunately that's it just flies in the face of everything that we know about the uh, about the Lakers and the way that they operate and the way Jeannie Buss prefers to operate. I think yeah, what it, it, it's Occam's razor, right? Where like usually the simple the simplest explanation yeah. is the truth, even yeah. if there are like more complicated possible explanations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so like there's there's a possibility that there the Lakers have undertaken this like massive tampering scheme and like you know like let's say Pat Riley has been lying to the media outright saying that he's not interested in the job right. and that the Lakers are lying that they're not interested in Pat Riley like this is just using him as an example because he's a name that's come up a mm-hmm. couple times um and so the, everyone's just lying and the and Pat Riley is doing the like majorly unethical step of r- helping run the Lakers while employed by another organization and all this stuff is like happening there's a chance that all that is going on. I just don't think that it's more likely than that the Lakers have settled on Rob Palinka. Yeah. Well, here's here's kind of here's kind of the same, timeline. Same that, with the Bob Myers rumors. Same with the Arntellum rumors. Same with whoever. I, I think the the timeline that makes the most sense to me because I I do believe that all of these executives checked in on what was going on there. Oh they, yeah, I buy that. They 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 kind of dipped their toe in the water and they wanted to see which way things might be going right. And as soon as they found out about that, like I thought, I thought it was very telling that Pat Riley goes out and and publicly distances himself from the Lakers after Rob Polinka undergoes the coaching search, right? Well, that, I, I mean, the t- yes, the time I think that was he was just at exit interviews and he was yeah. asked about it. He's always struck uh, striking me as like a strict shooter. Sorry, straight, straight shooter. shooter. Yeah. yeah, strict shooter too. If you if you believe. Some of the stuff that you heard from LeBron's camp on his departure from Miami, oh, but man, <laughs> uh, but I think I think that that some of the timings here, I think they just do line up too. Though I, I I think he would have been a little bit more diplomatic had he not seen Rob Polinka start this coaching search, right? Yeah, if Rob Polinka hadn't just called him that day and asked for permission to talk to Jawan Howard, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine he would have handled that. It's like, oh, Rob, I was just bit. about to call you. What's up? And he's like, oh, well, you know, Jeannie has me running the coaching search. Can I talk to Jawan Howard? He's like, oh, what did you want to talk to me about? And he's like, oh, 
nothing. It's all good. <laughs> so I think that was going on. And, and eventually... I, I genuinely don't think that Riley would have been interested regardless. I, I think it's like been there, done that. He he like doesn't have that many years left. As, well, that's like... why I thought it was legitimate. I think he well, looked at it. He saw himself as like a bridge to the next chat, like the final chapter of his book. And then a bridge from this current chaos to whoever is going to step in and be the long term voice there. Maybe. But at the same time, like. I don't know. For me, if I was if I was how old is Pat Riley? Like seventy five? Yeah, he's old. Yeah. Like if I was seventy five and I was living in Miami, like there's not that greater of an upside to me to living in Los Angeles. And like in a place where I know that I have the top to sit, like nobody's gonna meddle with me. I mm-hmm. get to do what I want, like I get to run the things as I see fit. Like they have the heat for all of their issues with signing bad contracts, and a lot of that should be on Riley, and that's yeah. why I wouldn't have thought the Lakers were very smart if that's who they went after anyway. But if you have that kind of freedom and in like that kind of cohesive organization, like I don't think you're going to want to leave it, especially not at that age. Like that's that's why the Bob Myers one like made some level of sense to me mm-hmm. because if you see that the owner and is like already installing his son in the front office yep. as as your assistant and try, very like very openly trying to have him learn the ropes to be next in line most likely. Yeah. And hey, can you, know, you teach my son to replace you? <laughs> yeah, he's like you know, it's like on the it's like when you train your replacement like the last day of your job, but like do that for a couple of years, right? Yeah, and um, and and the person who you're training there is like your boss's son. You know, you may see like that trap door in front of you and yeah. may, you know, you may be looking around for other options as mm-hmm. you see fit. But I also like still don't really see it. Like, I don't know. I just don't see why anyone would want to come here. Well, especially not And now. I think that's probably part of it, too. Uh, but also, I think that the Jeannie stuff, Jeannie wanting to keep around who she's comfortable with, Rob Palenka, whose trust, like, she very clearly, like, who very clearly gained her trust while Magic was an absentee executive, like... I can see, you know, I thought I thought Pete and Darius had a really good podcast on this today in that, like, I can see why, you know, she is leaning towards him, even if I don't really agree with the decision. Like if her thought process on him hasn't changed since she hired him and thought he was a good option, then and maybe it's only even went up since he was the one that was around. Like why maybe she thinks that he should get a real shot to do this job. Yeah, well, I. I... I'll make one last point here before we go to break, and and I'll put it this way. I think we should have known that Jeannie was capable of making this call and sticking by her guns to keep Rob Palenka when she gave that that press conference and went the whole fake news spiel, right? Like she, No, no, she does not think that the problems are internal. Yeah. At no point has she ever given anything close to an accountable vibe to the decisions that that led to the the failure that last season was. She has pointed to injuries. She has pointed to us, right? She has pointed to all of these things but has never at any point looked in the mirror at the decision that she made to, to get the Lakers to where they were last year. And I think as soon as she did that, and the Lakers had an opening in their front office, we kind of sort of should have known, right, that this is this is probably always the likeliest outcome. That she whatever whatever outcome that that could come along that involved no accountability on her part and 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 involved keeping the people that she finds loyal and that she trusts, like this was always the likeliest outcome, shadow executives notwithstanding. Remember when you wrote a whole editorial saying that this was finally the chance that the Lakers were going to get to go outside their lines and fix everything? 
Remember, remember, like this. This is why when people ask me, because I get this a lot. I don't. You probably get it a bit too. But I'm I very get, curious to hear what the what this is. People ask me, "Why aren't you? Why are you always so negative? Why are you? When? When? Like, are well, you because ever... I've been doing this for about five years, and <laughs> I've seen how nothing ever goes right. Every single time, I'm like, "Hey, something's gonna go right." It's like, "Nope, haha, good." You, you thought my tweet was literally, "This is the most optimistic I have been about the Lakers." <laughs> I remember writing about writing last summer. I was like, I think I tweeted, I was like, "Oh man, it's gonna be really cool to finally get to cover a good basketball team and like a playoff <laughs> basketball team and see what that's like." <laughs> Whoops! And the universe was like, "LOL." Yeah, good well, one, bro. God's favorite jokes are, are, are the plans of mortals. We're going to take another quick second or a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about this. I want to get into the, to, into the Palinka stuff specifically because I think it's really interesting. And, I, and there's an aspect of this that I don't think gets talked about enough with those who think he's capable of being a good executive. So the funniest outcome here, I think you and I both agree, is that Palinka just winds up being Jerry West 2.0, right? Oh, absolutely. That's no, well, Bob Myers, I think, is a more fitting comp where, right, yeah. you know, like he goes from agent world to, to super GM mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, light years. One thing that people need to kind of realize with, with Bob Myers is that he actually was hired as the assistant GM. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't made immediately general manager when well, he. Well, Blinka was to... basically hired as assistant to the regional president of basketball <laughs> operations. So <laughs> the titles may have been different. I'm not sure the roles really were. Uh, but all right. So one one thing that I, I I do wish that more people would take into account in their analysis of Rob Palinka moving forward is the opportunity cost that the Lakers are just passing up on here. It is crazy to me. That the Lakers had an opportunity, and 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 look, you can be people can be as as wary of my quote unquote reporting or whatever or the whispers that you and I hear all they want. That's fine. I have never claimed to be a journalist. I will never claim to to do that kind of thing. That yeah, that you line just of try work. to break news on every show. Uh, well, yeah, sure. That's it. you become addicted now. I <laughs> the power is just too great. You're like, oh, I, you know what I'm hearing. <laughs> I gotta do it. I gotta wear. I'm gonna start wearing a fedora and and breaking news like those old old timey. Yeah, I'll get you. I'll get you one of these fedoras. You see what what I'm hearing? See, yeah, (laughs) that's you every episode now. (laughs) So maybe see, but basically, how I understand that this all played out, and you and I talked about this in the last segment, was that you had. Oh, Anthony's about to break some news. You had no. We've 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 had this same conversation a couple times. As he understands, get ready. Hold on. Okay. My sources tell me. No. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> now we're cooking with gas. But basically that the, 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 these, these high-level executives were back-channeling some communication to find out where the Lakers' heads might be at. And half of the organization was saying to themselves, holy crap, look at these names that we have here. And they were floating those names out there to whoever they could. That's to the balloons. Huh? Balloons. Yeah, exactly. So they they float they float out these names out there to hopefully apply to some pressure to Jeannie Buss and and the people that her, her inner circle there who 
who just didn't take the bait, right? They just they just said, no, it's fine. They they can be interested like, look all at they how want. How many retweets they're getting on this leak of you know that it's going to be Bob Myers? Right, right, right. And and yet they Jeannie and her camp kind of just stood stuck by their guns, and they are now going with with Rob Palenka, right? And and the point, the reason I'm 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 framing it that way is to highlight the opportunity cost that the Lakers have, not just by going with Rob Palenka, but to never have an official conversation with these executives, to find out what smart executives out there value in organizations and the direction that they think the league is going in next. The fact that they never talk to those people is a legitimate problem. It's a legitimate concern moving forward. How good, how good does Palinka have to be to justify that? Great. Like, what do the what do the Lakers need to do? And like, let's say, let's say the next ten years. Like, I I doubt he lasts that long, but let's say theoretically, because like if he was that good, he would last that long. Well, right. Well, so he needs to last that long. It's not yeah. like he's gonna get an, He's not. He's gonna get a better offer from another team, right? God, that would be so peak Lakers <laughs> if they trusted this guy, and then he went and like. You know, like took some other, I don't know, like some other job. Like, like he just winds up being I'm, a commissioner. I was trying to think of who had an open front office spot right now. No, he could be like, sure the, he just takes end. Adam Silver's job. Yeah, NBA right. commissioner. <laughs> but he the guy that allegedly be... everybody hates already, like, takes over that job. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I He needs to be, I mean, you can, you can tell me if I'm, if I'm, uh, hyperbolizing this, but he needs to be a top five executive in order to make this worth the opportunity cost i'd say top 10 only because like top five is you're saying that like he has to be one of the like uh, let's but they, say, they let's can say hire they, one of those they, guys no but let's say they they couldn't let's say all those guys told them no that's why i say top 10 but because like if you like if you have like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush like mm-hmm. they could have went and gone and talked to all these guys it's not like palinka would have quit or whatever but there is like a psychic cost of being like hey you know you're not so great we're gonna go see if we can get somebody better and then having to come back and be like actually all those guys said no mm-hmm. um we need you to run things so like I, i'd say i'd say top 10 i think top 10 is fair for me I, I here's here's the thing though and again People can believe me on this all they want or or choose not to believe me on this all they want. But there was legitimate interest. Bob Myers, according to some of the people that I, I that, that that had I'm gonna conversations make you aggregate with the guy. yourself tomorrow. So phrase this <laughs> carefully. <laughs> based Anthony's on, breaking news on the podcast, guys. Based on some of this like he was legitimately interested in this job. Like leg- really fascinated by the... i mean based on the fact that like almost every sin- there was like one day on twitter when almost every single like plugged in reporter was like you know what i you know the name that i keep yeah. hearing is bob myers yes <laughs> yes i was like man bob myers agent working overtime bob myers former agent he understands the uh yeah the, actually, the link his own agent he's like <laughs> he's like i'm keeping that 10 percent. i would uh, but but yeah, I, I there are there are executives out there. Bob Myers, Masai Ujiri, I also heard was very interested in this in this job. And 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 if you have that level of executive, legitimately interested and and wanting to come in and have a conversation, even like that's all that's all some of these guys even wanted was just by having an interview with the Lakers, they're going to get a better offer from their team, right? So like the, the, there's at least interest. Yeah, the in... fact that David Griffin moved on so fast was very illustrative to me of the yeah. Lakers' mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Like while all this was going on, before it had been like super concretely reported that they weren't interested in looking for a candidate, David Griffin just took a job with the Pelicans. Yes, who have been like a tire fire of like arguably the only more dysfunctional franchise over, than the Lakers over the last couple of years. They they or it... one of the few. 
David Griffin, before he took that job, their owner had to had to persuade prospective hires that Mickey Loomis, Saints GM, wasn't well, going to be his president. Couple, they did that, they did that a couple like weeks. Or but they had ago. to do. But yeah. they had to do that at all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, no, no, no. We promised the NFL GM from across town isn't going to be telling you what to do. Yes. Imagine like walking into any other job interview and be somebody being like, oh, yeah, you know, like we really want you as the manager of this restaurant. But um, don't worry about when the guy from Burger King comes down the street and starts yelling at you what to do. Yeah. Um, he's not in charge of you also anymore. <laughs> anymore is the funny yeah. thing there. Any yeah. longer. That is not how this we, did, we realize, you know, that was our bad hand up. <laughs> um all sports are not exactly the same. That was an oopsie. Okay, also, we thought because football is a bigger deal that it would be very easy for a football guy to take over basketball, but it was not. They 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 had to exactly. brag. Also doctors. They had like to, they had to brag doctors. at one point. They bragged about hiring NBA specific doctors. Yeah, they're like they're like in the year where we're, they're in the 21st century and they're like sending out press releases like, oh yeah, we got our own medical. We got staff Wi-Fi. Team, <laughs> two separate medical staffs. <laughs> Eat that, haters. <laughs> I can't believe this has turned into a roast of the Pelicans. We're like, we're so far past February. But that's but that's kind of why, but that's, it, it makes it, like you said, illustrative of, of, of how bad the Lakers yeah, situation Yeah, and then was. David Griffin was like, you know what? That place sounds sick. Yes. I'm... <laughs> exactly. And so, you know. Anthony for me, Davis this is, wants out even better. This is why, you know, if, if you're going to pass up on on top level, elite level candidates for this guy, he has to be then as good at at least as good as those executives that pa- that you passed up on. That's yeah. just that, Although, I, I actually do. After thinking about it a little bit now, I actually do think the Pelicans job opening is better. <laughs> No, it's just because, like, think about it. You get to trade Anthony Davis, which, like, buys you a bunch of job security because yeah. you get, like, five years to rebuild mm-hmm. the team and all that, whereas, like, the Lakers are going to fire you as soon as, like, you know. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great job opportunity. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. tremendous job opportunity. I, I I don't think it's better than yeah, the Lakers one would have like, been if you – dysfunction and turnover – with all the dysfunction and turnover and kind of like haphazard way of doing things, I don't I, – I never really bought that this was that attractive of a job opportunity for really? those top Oh, you and I disagree on this then. Yeah. I, I just like – I don't know. To me, like things have been so dysfunctional here that unless they were allowed to come in and just completely clean house oh, – and even yeah. then, th- this goes all the way up to ownership. Like I, I don't know that like these guys would really be that desperate for this job after – you know, I, I, I'm sure that they have far more access to back-channel oh, information than point. we do. This is, this is actually – do you think the Lakers did any harm to themselves by the way that they handled this situation now? This is the second straight time that this theoretical position was open – and Jeannie never spoke to a single candidate. No, I mean, I do think so, just in the sense of we talked about this last week. Like, you, you lose something by not talking to those guys. No, no, no I mean, moving forward. That, that's a different conversation than, than yeah. we had. D- d- does Jeannie, at this point, does the, does the league just consider the Lakers such a laughingstock that they have, lit, have, have put any kind of lasting impact on, on the brand? I still think that there's probably some GMs that are competitive enough that they're like, with those resources, I could turn it around. Yeah. Or like in that Although big of a market, we might be finding out that their resources are a little over. I think estimated. I, I don't know. That's a scuttlebutt and whatever. Like I, I still think that in general, for a good team, the Lakers would probably spend more than most NBA teams would. Um, 
on players for sure. And then the other stuff, you know, it, it, how much of that is that these other people that have been running it haven't considered that stuff worth fighting for? Yeah, I, I you know what I mean? Like some of that, like if you have if you have Byron Scott as your head coach, like, are you really going to fight that hard to fire uh, to hire a world class analytics staff? Probably not. Like Byron, that's just more people for him to try to fight. Well, no, like, I would I would imagine it's the it's the another version of that is he just said it's not that important to him and they didn't they didn't follow up like what? Who, well, that's what I mean. Who's, so like who's you're not going to fight. Who's Jeannie to say like, actually, yeah, this is really important, Byron. Like she doesn't she does. She's not yeah. going to get that. No, and she, like, self-admittedly is not a basketball person. And so, like, how, how did she just think that the things that they have are adequate? She's never been a part of a different franchise. I don't know. Like, there's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, like, you know, the last couple of years, like, did Magic Johnson think that upgrading the analytics staff was that important? Like, no. He's like, I know basketball. Oh, we got Magic shooters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, shooters yeah. are overrated. <laughs> the, these analytics lie. You look at you look he at the teams that the, are winning championships. They don't have shooters. He was up there with the with the board from It's Always Sunny that said science is a liar sometimes, <laughs> and it was just that. But analytics. He has that picture just framed in the yeah. office that he was never in. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I don't know. It, I am more dubious about like that. This was this like plum job opening that every like like That's all these guys. In the, how much of that is them just like kind of like like they want to take shots at the Lakers a little bit, and it's like oh well, like look at look at them failing to go get all those these guys when they were interested, and mm-hmm. they were like they weren't just gonna like Lucy with the football and pull it out from under them and make them look more dysfunctional. I, I don't know whether that's true or not mm-hmm. you know what i mean but like everybody always likes to get their shots in at the lakers and so yeah. like I, I don't know how legit the job interest it would have been but by not at least attempting it you still lose something and i think that's yeah. the point to take away from all of this is that you lose the chance to get those different perspectives through interviews and find out why these people are so well regarded at the very least yeah and, and then what to look for in other candidates because of that or what to look for if palinka is making mistakes and all of that and, and we'll never know. Well, well, we'll know. I think, Harrison, do you think you and I could run the Lakers better than Genius? No, no. I would never say that because if I took over the Lakers, it would be a disaster. I just want everybody to know that. I don't know, man. Now, Pete, I get think Pete me. would do a great job. And, you know. Get at me, Genie. <laughs> I don't want you to formally submit Coach Pete's resume. Actually, you know, if you listen to this podcast and you really think that Pete would make a great Lakers president of basketball operations, please tag him on Twitter because he, you know, I, I think sometimes he doesn't get enough compliments for his work. And so if you guys could just tweet <laughs> at Laker Film Room tomorrow, please, uh, please, uh, at Lakers, please hire at Laker Film Room as the next president of basketball operations. I'd really appreciate it. That works for me. That works You're for me. It's a real shame if like hundreds of you did that. Are Maybe you, uh, are you uh, ready for our chapter of Byron? This week. Well, I, hold on. Before we get to that, I wanted to talk about the Tyron Lue stuff really quickly because I thought that you had kind of an asinine take and I wanted to destroy it. <laughs> asinine. <laughs> asinine take. All right, fine. Go for it. Well, no, go ahead. Uh, just uh, what, what was your opinion on the Tyron Lue trying to distance himself and like say, like, I'm not just LeBron's coach. I'm I'm a coach. I don't stuff. think a job interview. He was trying to like distance himself from the idea that he was just a LeBron coach. I don't, you had you and I had different reactions to this. I'll say that I don't think it's good that his that he's at the point 
that he needs to distance himself from his greatest quality as a potential coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, that he feels the need to distance himself from that. Maybe he just knows that his greatest quality in their eyes is that he once was a Laker. And so this is just like secondary. Except he didn't have to say that, right? Except Woj said he, he didn't he didn't have to say that to Polinka. Yeah, no, Woj, Woj went out and said that he was like imploring, he was making it clear to Palinka that he is not just a LeBron coach, he's he's an NBA coach. And you felt like this was not a great thing, that he had to distance himself yes. from that, and that it was indicative of this giant genie clutch feud and all this these things, yes? Giant genie clutch feud? I would I'm not go that far. I would not go so far as to call it a giant feud, but I do know that there was tension at the top all year long. Yeah, I mean, point. I think we all kind of know that, like, based on, you know, I, the things everything. that have come out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah everything. Um, I had a different view of that situation, and I, I think that – I think your point is sort of right, but also kind of misses the mark. Uh, like, yes, that's not great that he has to distance himself from that if he thinks that it's because they just don't want to look like they're hiring a LeBron guy because you can't be concerned about that. You have to look for who's the best head coach. It's not about perception. Yeah. It's about like who is – Who makes the most sense as the next Lakers coach. Yeah, like if Pete was the best candidate, like you can't worry about all the media being like who's this guy and right. like, like when you introduce him or whatever. Like you have to just tag the Lakers and at Laker Film Room that he should be the next Lakers head coach. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> so you can't worry about perception. Uh, you, like – to me, what it was more indicative of, though, like right off the bat, was that Lou. I feel like almost any coach would say this in this case. If the perception never of them heard it. was, if the perception of them was, you're, you're just a LeBron guy. Like every coach is going to take that personally. You're like you're like invalidating their entire resume and saying but we've like we've never heard just, it from a coach who's coached another superstar. You've never heard it. I'm sure we've heard it. In other cases, but like no, no coach is going to be like, yeah, you know, all my success. It was just that one guy. It was I we listened to all his like everything he said. I just did whatever he said. Like no coach is going to admit almost no one in their job is going to admit to that or want to admit that even if they like know on some level that, you know, it's on some level. It's true. Like if Ty Lue had not been able to get buy in for had not had buy in from LeBron James and had not ceded some level of power to LeBron James, he probably wouldn't have been as successful. Because I could that's see what Pop saying something along those lines with Duncan. Well, yeah, but he's being like self-effacing. That's with the media and stuff. But like in a job interview where mm-hmm. you're talking to the person that's hiring you, you're not going to be like, yeah, you know, my best strength as a coach was like LeBron just he, – he said jump and I said how high. Yeah, he said I, bench Kevin Love. I said how long. I, I think it's more a comfort in, in his own skin kind of thing more than it's self-effacing, right? Because like Pop it, – it, Yeah. Pop would walk into every interview and he's interviewing the person that he's thinking about working at more than they're yeah. interviewing him. Yeah, I think it's both. But like I also think that it's just more – I don't know. To me, it just read more as something that any coach would say where they're not going to say that like, you know, I'm just going to come in. You know what I'm going to do if you if you give me this job? I'm going to come in and do whatever LeBron says. Wasn't that your problem last year? Well, I, I – like Because if anything, Luke was almost too deferential to LeBron. There were a lot of things he could have called LeBron on that he didn't. And Luke very much went out of his way to kind of like be overly respectful in some cases to LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's fair to point that out, but I think we also have that weird report. I think it was Chris Haynes of Yahoo reported that yes, Genie uh, the, Yeah, go on. Genie Genie wants a bus ran organization organization. No, the, the report wasn't that. The report was that she reaffirmed to herself that she was in charge by saying yeah. this is a bus ran organization. Right. And, like how do you even get that? Like 
Well, Did she just walk by you, looked in a mirror somewhere, and was like, this is a bus ran organization? <laughs> she pointed directly in the mirror. <laughs> Chris Haynes is like, oh, all right, putting that in the notebook. Yeah, right. And so, like, I, I think if you if you put those two, th- this tidbit about Lou alongside that tidbit about, about Jeannie Bus, and then you, you pair it with some of the tension that you and I both heard about throughout the year at that level of the organization. Those are dots you can connect. I'm just, it goes back to Occam's razor. I'm not sure that it's the simplest explanation. It's a pretty it simple explanation. It can be both. Yeah. But that's, that's it, look, this is also, this is also the time to get shots off with the Lakers. And, and right now. Yeah. You've, you've certainly uh, gotten your fair share. <laughs> I've had to like of, reload my clip like 53 times. this. The, I know the, the, weeks. The commenters have not been happy with you. I would not recommend reading those. <laughs> Shouts to Lakers Reddit. They actually liked me that other day, that one time. Yeah, Lakers Reddit was, uh, yeah, Lakers, you know. <laughs> just realized that post that we saw earlier today, and I'm like, nope, not going to go, not going to go there. Not going to praise them today. But I, I think, I, I think, I think what it comes down, what it, what it comes down to is like right now, I am in my analysis, and maybe I'm going too far in this direction. I'll, I'll, I'll cop to that potentially. Is that is that is that being a potential crutch that I'm using? But I think right now, if I see something that comes out about the Lakers, I'm going to jump to the worst case scenario here because no. that's how it's played. That's how it's played out. Oh no! But I that's never how I guess that about you. But it, that's how. But it's not like I'm doing that for no reason whatsoever. It's not like I would go cover the Spurs and be like, "Oh, you guys suck," right? Like, no. It would, it, would I, I think you'd have a hard time covering the Spurs because there would be nothing for you to yell about. Yeah, I'd be, Just be like, so "It bored. sucks that they're so competent all the time. This is boring. It's really boring." Uh, although I would have, I definitely would have nitpicked Pop benching Duncan needing a rebound in Game Five or Six of that Miami. Yeah, series. is Pop overrated? I don't know. I feel like that's a dialogue hey, we can have at some point this summer. Nate Duncan was ready to have it. Just please tell me you saw that. Oh no, I didn't see that. Oh, he fired off a tweet right before the the Spurs <laughs> Spurs Nuggets oh, series, oh. where he said that like Pop might be a little overrated in the playoffs. Whoops! It's fantastic. All right, it happened. You ready for uh, a non-overrated coach? Um, yeah, I guess that's a fair description. <laughs> Wait, I, before we before we move on though, I, I do want to say, Anthony, I, I think you should put your reporting hat on and you should go figure out exactly why Ty Lue was saying that because you know, I mean, I you got your ear to the ground. Just put your press card on. Just get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like hit how your sources. I, I like how. <laughs> I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change my at to I got sources. I got real sources. No, you should. You should be at I got sauces. <laughs> and just it's a photo of you grilling outside. I'm gonna go out there grilling and barbecue outside right on the that. phone though. Or like outside, or you got two phones in your hand. <laughs> Jen's in charge of the meat, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, everything's mine? on fire. But you just have like your two phones. Yeah, we're good. Uh, ironically, at the last bachelor party that I went to, we actually lit the. Uh, the barbecue on fire. I was asleep at the time, though. So. Sounds like that is very on brand. <laughs> All right, let's let's was, do this. I was asleep, uh, but I was also grilling, and so the whole house burned down. No, it wasn't. I wasn't in charge of the grilling. Oh, sure. All right. I think that good. Know. That saves you. That saves you liability. It's like good call. four straight days of tequila. All right. <laughs> fire this, book club. Let's do it. This uh, this chapter. It's chapter seven, and it's the uh, it's titled "No Panic." And it's about optimism in the face of of, of tough times. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm here's very a, curious to hear Byron's thoughts on this. <laughs> here's the first. Uh, here's the first like fifteen words or so. 
Sometimes winning comes easy. Actually, it's never easy. Are you are you hooked? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that second sentence, he went out and proved it. <laughs> he knows better than anyone. Winning right. is not easy, Anthony. So he 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 talks about he talks about this idea of like you have to you have to believe in yourself or else you're never going to you don't stand a chance, right? And he and he basically skips ahead to the uh, 95 Eastern Conference Finals. I think he was on Indiana at the time. Yeah, he was on Indi- he was on Indiana, and this was the famous eight points in nine seconds game uh, that Reggie Miller was was a part of, right? Or that that Reggie Miller scored against uh, the New York Knicks. I want to read a chapter or a, a, not a chapter a a paragraph of it. Are you ready? I was going to say if you read the whole chapter, we may run into some legal problems. Yeah. But- All right, so, quote, The coach may be the first line of defense against pushing the panic button, but the players have to believe, too. In the Pacers-Knicks game, if I'd just given up and stood there after Reggie Miller hit the first shot, Greg Anthony would have been open and might not have have fallen, and the outcome would have been different. By the way, Greg Anthony kind of sort of was definitely pushed on that play. He was shoved well, to the ground. See, Byron knew that he could get away with it because he's like he he knew that Greg Anthony was always looking for a fight. Like he was always looking to punch younger guys. But Byron's like, I'm old. Yeah, he'll let me do this. He like he sent what any younger player away. He's like, hold on, Greg Anthony will punch you if you go near him. Greg Anthony was this. being guarded by Reggie Miller. Got shoved to the ground and they threw the pass to Reggie Miller in that play. I don't know how. I don't. I went back and watched it. I don't really know how Byron Scott impacted that play. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Once, I love that you went and fact-checked this. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> this is the best Byron's book club yet. <laughs> Once Reggie got the ball again, if I hadn't gotten to my spot, my defender could have easily gone to help Reggie, and all of a sudden he wouldn't have had the open shot. So basically, the lesson here is that Byron Scott was responsible may, for eight points. You may have thought that seconds. Reggie Miller was the, responsible for the eight points, nine seconds. Even more unbelievable than all of that, though, is this sentence oh, right no. here. <clears throat> okay. This is from it. earlier. This is from earlier in the uh, chapter. But he goes, uh, the ball bounced around after the second miss, and Reggie got fouled after he finally grabbed the rebound with 7.5 seconds left. With ice in his veins, he hit both foul shots and put us up 105, 107 to 105 to give us the game one series on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally, I was like floored. You got. I wish this was video in this one case because my jaw was literally just down for like 10 seconds. Yeah. I don't, like my jaw literally dropped. I just. With ice in his veins. Oh man. <laughs> this was after he coached Russell too. He wrote this book. Yeah. This was the first season after he got fired. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? I got it. D'Angelo Russell. I think we can all agree that the best possible outcome of this is D'Angelo Russell having trademarked ice in my veins at some point and suing Byron Scott for this. <laughs> Russell, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're and also for damages to his career. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, that was uh that. So the purpose of the, of the chapter is basically like him saying, you always have to be optimistic. You always have to believe in yourself and whatever, and this and that and the other. Uh, and, and in order to make that point, he wrote about how it was actually because of him that Reggie Miller was able to score eight points in nine seconds that's and, believing in yourself. And and ripped off uh, his, the the player who got him fired. He ripped off his catchphrase. 
hey, that's believing in his ability that he came up with that. We're that's on like, two straight, like, really good chapters with this book. Yeah, no, this this whole book has been incredible. <laughs> we got we got to thank Domin for buying you two copies. <laughs> oh man! All right, that's all I have though on on the Byron book. Those are the two right. things that just that just floored me. They they just killed me. Yeah, be honest. Those were the only two paragraphs you read. No, I swear I read I read okay. all of his like portions of the thing, but. Those well, great two, job. We're making progress. Were, we're like ha- we're over halfway through the book, but you're finally learning to read. <laughs> that was actually ultimately the goal of this. And now look at how much reporting you're able to do. You I'm could s- finally read your source's text messages. I could have been woged this whole time. I know. And <laughs> all it took was me learning how to, how to read. How this podcast that? just teaches uh, – it's like responsible for all kinds of lessons for people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.